Hello and welcome to episode number seven of Taylor's Business English podcast. This podcast is for intermediate level students who want to practice English for work. My name's Dave Taylor and I'm a teacher and manager at Taylor School in Oviedo, Asturias, in Spain. I'm sitting here with John Wyke, who's also a teacher at Taylor School and a translator. Today, we're talking about giving presentations in English. So let's get started. Hi, John. Hello. Could you give us the language learning word of the day, please? I can. Today's language learning word is clarity. Okay, so we're talking about in presentations? I think in communication in general, in English, we value clarity. Mm -hmm. If what you say isn't clear, well, your audience might have problems in getting the message you want them to get and... It cause, cause, could cause problems for your business. It could lose you clients. Mm -hmm. um, it can be tiring to listen to someone who is not speaking clearly. Yeah. Speaking clearly is sort of what we're going to talk about later on when we're talking about presentations and talks and speeches and things like that. Yeah, and the clearly part has two meanings. One is the method, the way you speak, your pronunciation. Mm -hmm. um, and the other is... The content. Is the content clear? Yeah. So if you've got, maybe if you've got like 10 ideas that you want to share with people, uh, or if you want, it, the same if you're sending an email to somebody and you've yeah. got 10 points that you want to share, maybe you should think, okay, let's only focus on two or three of those points. Yeah, and put those points at the beginning, mm -hmm. not at the end. You know, yeah. don't, don't hide your important points underneath or, or, or behind lots of other language that isn't yeah. particularly necessary that's the other point isn't it where you have a second language speaker so you have a, an english speaker from a different country mm -hmm. and sometimes people try to make sentences that are very long and confusing and have got different clauses like da 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 da, da comma da 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 da, da comma yeah. da, da 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 and that's quite difficult for the speaker to actually start and finish the sentence properly that's true but it's also quite difficult for the listener to follow. Yeah, and sometimes that's because somebody might be trying to impress people with how, uh, how brilliantly they, they use the language, mm. or it might be because they changed their mind halfway through a sentence. Yeah. Um, and both of those can be addressed with a bit of practice. Well, I often find that happens quite often when people are translating directly from the first language. So when... Yes. If you're... Spanish, for example, and you're thinking of a Spanish sentence and you're translating the words as you go along. Yeah. And so the Spanish sentence will be quite long because that's your first language. Mm. And Spanish sentences, especially in writing, at least, they tend to be quite long uh, compared with the English uh, sentences in England, at least. Yeah. Um, simplicity is not a bad thing in English. At yeah. All. I mean, if you're using simple language, you can still express complex messages. Mm hmm but simple language is appreciated by people that, that you're making life easy for. Yeah. About translation, it always leads itself to people getting mixed up in the middle of the sentence. Yeah. So it's difficult, but you, if you try to use the structures that you have 
in English that you've learnt in English that you've heard people use in English rather than translating from the other language to English, then it's always going to sound better, more natural, clearer, yeah. simpler. And that's about preparing. So you, you have to work out, you have to determine what you're going to say. And mm -hmm. then if, if you're looking for English phrases, do that before your presentation. Prepare the phrases that you're going to need. Uh, yeah. Practice them. Yeah. But don't write them as a script. Okay, yeah, so this is an important point about the script. So people often, some some teachers, like uh, mm -hmm. university lecturers and things like that, sometimes read from a piece of paper, word for word, exactly yeah. what they want to say, or when you're giving a speech to make it easier for you and to mm -hmm. so you don't have to worry about what you're going to say. You write every single word down. Yeah. So that's not a good idea. No, I mean, often people will memorize a speech like it was a script so they'll write it script it beforehand memorize it but then when they deliver the presentation they won't actually use the script but their memory will keep them on track yeah yeah so what you're what you might be looking at when you're giving a presentation might be a list of points yeah. at the end but beforehand you've written the whole thing or you've more or less written the whole thing yeah. especially in a second language hmm. you and you've practiced it reading it and then you've practiced it without reading it with the main points and then you go and do the presentation yeah. so it's a process that goes from writing it and writing it correctly having it corrected by uh, somebody who's very good at uh, english as well a native a speaker idea. would be good yeah. yeah and then learn it and then forget about the script <laughs> and then In use essence. that use yeah. that those expressions and that vocabulary to, to give your presentation yeah and that helps you as well by giving it points by making them points that you're going through when you're presenting it helps you to focus on those key points as yeah. well and anything which isn't part of your key points well you can edit that out mm -hmm. you can remove it john is actually going to give a presentation about this in our role play section mm -hmm. in a minute but first just listen to this Desde Taylor Empresas proponemos clases de inglés en los locales de su propia empresa o en nuestra Academia en Oviedo. Somos un centro organizador de la Fundación Tripartita y tenemos un equipo de profesores cualificados y con experiencia. Llámenos al 984-2021-91 o mire nuestra página web taylorschool.es. Now it's time for our role play conversation. John is going to talk as part of a training day for managers of various companies. I'm going to introduce his presentation. So here we go. Okay, listen everyone. In a moment, I'm going to hand over to John Wyke. He's an expert in getting your message across in your presentations. So over to John now. Okay, thanks Dave. Right, today I'm going to give you the keys to great presenting. It's not difficult, but you do have to follow some basic rules. I'm going to give you three rules. The first one is decide what you want to communicate. The second is use facts to support your message. And the third is keep it short. So let's go into some more detail. We'll have a bit of time for a Q&A at the end. So if you could save any questions you have until then, that would be great. Right, rule number one. 
Decide what you want to communicate and communicate that and nothing else. You want one take-home message and no more than three key points. And repeat them three times or more. Tell your audience what you're going to tell them. Tell them and then tell them what you've told them. Also, tell them how that information is going to help them. Rule number two. Use facts, statistics, data. You can present the data in graphs, charts, pictures, anything that's an interesting way to represent information. Use a projector. Think outside the box. How can you best represent? Don't rely on PowerPoint. Remember that you're presenting, not reading to them. Use any slides as illustrations. Rule number three. Cut and edit. It's better to have too little than too much. People are not going to remember everything you tell them, so keep it brief and clear. If there's something you think is interesting, but it's not 100% relevant to your main point, well, don't cut it out. If you have a funny story that takes a minute to tell, well, cut that out. People don't want to be sitting listening to you. They want to be at home on the sofa. And that's it. You now have the tools you need to go and give great memorable presentations by first, choosing your message, second, using facts and statistics, and third, keeping it short. If you remember anything from this presentation, remember how short it was and that you'll be on the sofa 10 minutes earlier than if I had told you an anecdote about my dog or described the organisational structure of my company. I have a few minutes now, so does anyone have any questions? Yes. Could you tell us how you'd adapt a presentation to the type of audience you have? For example, if you're dealing with foreign guests in a... That's it. Make sure that you avoid using too much idiomatic language. Any more questions? No? Well, thank you very much for listening. I'll hand back to Dave now. Right, so in... A few minutes, um, we're going to listen to that again. But first, we're going to uh, go over some of the key phrases that we used during that presentation, mainly the ones that John made. But I think the first one is, um, is what I said when I was handing over, when I was presenting uh, John. Okay, so um, what's the first one, John? Yep. In a moment, I'm going to hand over to... Uh-huh. So, so to hand over to someone is to give them control. Mm-hmm. To pass, yeah, to hand, to hand something. Hand me that pencil, could you? Yeah. That's uh, to give. Yeah, to pass. Mm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. hand over just emphasizes that it's a transfer. Yeah, it's almost like in the Olympics when you have, uh, what do you call it, the baton in the relay yeah, race. That's true. So you have those four people and you hand over the baton to the next to the next person yeah. to well, run around. At the end of a shift in places like hospitals, where the next shift needs to know what the previous shift has done, mm-hmm. they often have a handover meeting. Right. Mm-hmm. Where they, they tell everybody what they did, so there's a continuation of, yeah. of process. Yeah. So in this context, I was handing over to John, as in giving you the microphone or mm-hmm. letting you stand in the main place on the stage. Or exactly. Like that. Mm-hmm. Good. And number two... Well, I mentioned the first one, the second, the third. Um, It's important to 
provide your audience with a structure so mm-hmm. that they know um, that they have a, a good idea of the logic of what you're talking yeah. about. This is called signposting. Yes. Isn't it? Yeah. When we when we write essays as well, mm-hmm. you can sometimes and you have an essay is like a, a type of writing like academic writing but you also have to do it for the first certificate and the advanced exam and things like that where you might have three points that you want to make to an argument to argue about something and these words signpost that you're making a new point and that it's the first point and the second point and the third point true and in the case of this presentation as well I i referred to them again two more times so I could refer back to my first point and yep. my second point. So it makes life easier for me as well. Mm-hmm. You could also say firstly, secondly, finally. Yeah. Yeah, my final point. And the next one? We have a bit of time for a Q&A at the end. Hmm. Okay, a Q&A? Q&A is question and answer session. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you might see this if you go to a film festival, if you're lucky enough to have a Q&A with a director or an actor. Or unlucky enough. Or unlucky enough an incredibly sometimes. boring director yeah, and actor. That's true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this, this is where the, often the presenter might switch from a slightly more formal presentational style. We have a bit of time. That's relatively informal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's also a signal that, that the formality has stopped a little yeah, bit. Yeah, sort of. Then it's time for the two-way relationship between the audience and the and the presenter. Exactly. It's more mm-hmm. of a conversational aspect. Another thing related to this Q&A, so you have this FAQ that you might see on websites. Mm-hmm. Frequently, Frequently asked questions. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's something, well, slightly related, but it's one of these abbreviations or an acronyms. Yeah. Uh, okay, and the next one. Uh, I mentioned a take-home message. Mm-hmm. Now, the English are often very literal. What is a take-home message? Well, it's the message you want people to take home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the thing that people should remember. Yeah, the most important information. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. So that's like saying, oh, the take-home message from this presentation is that it should be brief and clear. Yeah, and like frequently that. people who give advice about presentations say that before you present, when you're writing your presentation, you're preparing your presentation, you should think, what is the one thing you want the audience to take home with them? What is mm-hmm. the idea, you, the single most important idea? And make sure that that has prominence in your presentation. Yeah. Good. And the next one? I have a few moments now, so does anyone have any questions? Obviously, I have a few moments. I mean, this is kind of a formulaic um, statement, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. it's, it's being polite. Yeah. If I just said, all right, questions, yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't sound so good. Yeah, that's right. Good. And the next one, the last one. I'll hand back to Dave now. Yeah, so this is handover, and now we've got hand um, back. Yeah. So back is often used as like to, to go back, to, to return. return. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. So, so you can use give back, take back, mm-hmm. um, is about yeah returning to the original state. Come back, come back to me, baby. <laughs> <laughs> or go back. Yeah, yeah, go back to where you came from. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to repeat the role play conversation now. So listen again. Okay, listen, everyone. In a moment, I'm going to hand over to John Wyke. He's an expert in getting your message across in your presentations. So, over to John now. 
Okay, thanks, Dave. Right, today I'm going to give you the keys to great presenting. It's not difficult, but you do have to follow some basic rules. I'm going to give you three rules. The first one is decide what you want to communicate. The second is use facts to support your message. And the third is keep it short. So let's go into some more detail. We'll have a bit of time for a Q&A at the end. So if you could save any questions you have until then, that would be great. Right, rule number one. Decide what you want to communicate and communicate that and nothing else. You want one take-home message and no more than three key points. And repeat them three times or more. Tell your audience what you're going to tell them. Tell them and then tell them what you've told them. Also, tell them how that information is going to help them. Rule number two. Use facts, statistics, data. You can present the data in graphs, charts, pictures, anything that's an interesting way to represent information. Use a projector. Think outside the box. How can you best represent? Don't rely on PowerPoint. Remember that you're presenting, not reading to them. Use any slides as illustrations. Rule number three. Cut and edit. It's better to have too little than too much. People are not going to remember everything you tell them, so keep it brief and clear. If there's something you think is interesting, but it's not 100% relevant to your main point, well, don't cut it out. If you have a funny story that takes a minute to tell, well, cut that out. People don't want to be sitting listening to you. They want to be at home on the sofa. And that's it. You now have the tools you need to go and give great memorable presentations by first, choosing your message, second, using facts and statistics, and third, keeping it short. If you remember anything from this presentation, remember how short it was and that you'll be on the sofa 10 minutes earlier than if I had told you an anecdote about my dog or described the organisational structure of my company. I have a few minutes now, so does anyone have any questions? Yes. Could you tell us how you'd adapt a presentation to the type of audience you have? For example, if you're dealing with foreign guests in a... That's it. Make sure that you avoid using too much idiomatic language. Any more questions? No? Well, thank you very much for listening. I'll hand back to Dave now. We're now on episode seven of our Business English podcast. You can have a look at previous episodes about telephone English, first meetings, formal meetings, dealing with complaints, and also about sales. We have another three topics planned related to human resources, about contracts, about interviewing people, and about training. If you'd like us to continue after the first 10 shows, Please send us a message, subscribe to the podcast on iVox or iTunes. Tell your friends and workmates and share us on social media. We'll only continue if there's someone interested. So please do let us know and also tell us what topics or situations you need English for at work so we can do a program especially for you. 
Remember, you can find a free downloadable PDF transcript and list of useful phrases at taylorschoolees business podcasts. And also we, um, we have uh, a podcast which is more conversational and uh, is not business orientated. It's more um, conversational. It's a slightly higher level, about a B2 level listening. And that is, you can find that at taylorschoolees stroke podcasts. So all our podcasts and everything, the PDFs are available on our Taylor School website. Okay, so it's time for some advice, some tips now. Um, the first tip really is from me uh, because I sometimes, I used to in the past suffer a little bit from shaky hands. I stopped, uh, I stopped drinking coffee, so that, that helped my shaky hands syndrome. It wasn't withdrawal from alcohol, was it? <laughs> so my little piece of advice for presenting and doing speeches and things like that is not to hold a piece of paper. Okay, so sometimes people get very, very stressed and very, very nervous. So it's quite normal in a presentation to get shaky hand syndrome. Yeah, I and think. if you're holding a piece of paper, everyone will notice. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> makes a lot of noise and everything. Yeah. yeah. So you can. What I tend to do or have done in the past is um, I have my main points, as we talked about earlier on, mm-hmm. and I put them in big letters on one or two or three pieces of paper very clearly and if i don't know where i'm going to to be presenting i could just put them on the floor or i can put them on a table or on um on a stand on a lectern which is like the the formal stand that people use for giving speeches and then you're and then you don't have to hold anything and you're free to to move around it looks more professional as well if you're not holding anything yeah although people who aren't professionally trained actors often find it um, difficult to know what to do with their hands. Mm. So if you have the opportunity to have a lectern, so that's somewhere like in, in church or, or, or something where they put a book that you read from, yeah. use that. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. you can hold on to that yeah, if you, you need to. Yeah, you hold on to the, to the lectern, that's yeah. right, yeah. Yeah, similar when I'm a musician, an amateur music, musician, and I always used to play the guitar mm-hmm. and bass and sing, sometimes singing backing, singing and things like that. And then a few years ago, I started singing without a guitar and my <laughs> what to do with my hands and body was, was a horrible dilemma because I had a microphone and I had to actually do, do something. Yep. When, you, when you've got a guitar, your hands like are a occupied. lectern, your, your hands are occupied. There's yeah. a reason why so many actors in old films smoke because it's something to do with their hands. Yeah. Obviously, we don't suggest smoking during your <laughs> yeah. presentation. Um, but... One other reason why people like Steve Jobs were so widely admired for their presentations was because they practiced so often. He was a, a really good actor in mm. terms of presentations. Yeah. He looked comfortable and relaxed. Yeah, with nothing there as yeah. well. And that's the new style, well, a new style from 10 or 15 years ago yeah. in UK politics, at least, in um, politicians give speeches mm. with no lectern and no, and no notes. notes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay, and, and another piece of advice, John? If you're going to use any equipment, check it, check it again, and check it again. Yeah. And after that, check it another time. Um, equipment will fail. Yeah. If your presentation relies on a computer, take a spare computer. Mm-hmm. If it relies on a projector, 
test the projector in advance of the presentation yeah. um, because things do go wrong. Alternatively, have a plan B. Mm-hmm. Can you give people printouts? Can you use slides, show them on your computer rather than a projector? Yeah, or just do the presentation with no images there no so images. you don't rely yeah. on the images. Mm, mm-hmm. Indeed. And then just practice as well. We talked about this before. That's, the, that's point number three. Practice, yeah. practice, practice. Get people, get um, good English speakers or people who've got a good level, teachers and things to to uh, check your work, check your vocabulary, check your grammar, and then practice based yeah. on that. And often what I find, uh, I've helped a number of people doing preparation for presentations for things like uh, doctoral defense, mm. uh, thesis defenses. Yeah. Um, and a very common issue is that um, at the end of them doing reading a slide or, or or speaking about a slide, I'll ask. So, what was the most important part of that? Um, which, which bit of that is the most? And they say that, and I say, and all the rest. It's, well, it's it's not really important. I say, okay, remove the rest. <laughs> yeah, and they look at me horrified, but. Less is more, as Dave said at the beginning. It's um, you don't need to demonstrate how wonderful you are. You need them to have the information you need them to have, and nothing yeah. else. Mm-hmm. One uh, good tip is: imagine you had to give that presentation in an elevator on the way from the top floor in your building to the ground floor, assuming you live in a multi-story building. That means you have to think, okay, what, what is the absolute essence of what you want to communicate and build everything else around that? Yeah. So the time that it would take in the lift, that you have to tell somebody yeah. your doctoral th- thesis in the, exactly. in the 30 seconds that you have in the lift. It's yeah. called the elevator pitch. Right. Um, and uh-huh. it's, it's very commonly used in Hollywood because it's often the case that you only have like 30 seconds with a Hollywood producer yeah. to convince them to give you millions of dollars. Uh-huh. Yeah. So people are very good at it in Hollywood. Right. Although okay. the films, not so much. <laughs> yeah, the films aren't really working at the moment, at least, are they? Right, that's the end of episode seven of Taylor's Business English podcast. I hope it's been useful. Our next episode is about human resources and training. So from John Wyke and me, Dave Taylor, goodbye. Goodbye.